Welcome to All Access Network Podcast. So excited that you decided to join us. You will absolutely love and you're in for a treat for today's guest. Uh, we are on a mission to positively impact the world through sports and culture. We're a multimedia network, we're a YouTube channel, uh, a podcast, and we also have live shows. Uh, if you haven't followed us on YouTube, you can find us at uh, All Access Network. If you haven't followed us on Twitter, you can find us at All Access underscore net, uh, where we also do some of our live shows uh, along with Facebook at All Access Network. But so excited to have you with us today. Uh, we love for people to be able to write their story, uh, leave their mark, and create their legacy. We're on a mission. We appreciate you joining us. And again, please share, like, and subscribe uh, whenever you get a chance. And stay on this journey with us. It's going to be an awesome ride. I want to take time to acknowledge one of our partners, Rising Coaches. Every coach wants to rise in their career in one way or another. We're all looking for professional development, access to tools, and relationships that can help us grow and help us advance in our career. Rising Coaches provides just that. You can visit Rising Coaches at www.risingcoaches.com. Their memberships are just $10 a month and provides a genuine community to help you grow and advance in your career. What up, College Hoops, Coast to Coast? We're back at it again. We got a special HBCU Team of the Week edition. We'll talk about the Southern Jags, and we got head coach Sean Woods joining us. We'll let Kevin intro the team a little bit, and then we'll get straight to it. Yeah, I mean, I, they've had a lot of success coming off a, a really exciting win on the road at Kent State. You know, it's a good Kent State basketball team, and uh, trailed by 20 in the first half, came back, rallied, and, and won it at the end. The uh, the, the the Ken Palm win probability chart looks like a uh, like an exponential curve. Southern was all the way at the bottom all game, and the last like five minutes went like this, and they won the game. So it's cool for them. Obviously, those moments are are special, and they're off to a really good start. Six and six on the year. Obviously, played a tough schedule. Played at Louisville. Played at Kentucky. Were competitive in both of those games. Yep. I think a, a team that it certainly has an opportunity to be be a factor in the league. So excited to chat with Coach Woods. Yeah, so without further ado, we'll bring in Coach Sean Woods. Coach Woods, what up? What up, B? What's up, man? Good morning. Thanks for joining us. We know you got plenty going on, so we're excited to have you. Yeah. Uh, so when you heard this news, like being Team of the Week, you're like, man, who are these people talking about we're Team of the Week? What, what was the reaction to that? <laughs> uh, one of my sisters told me, Ryan Price told me, and uh, it was a big deal. You know, uh, we uh, – we did have, you know, our guys are really, really um, giving us everything, man. Um, I, I'm, I'm fortunate this year, you know, COVID kind of hurt us yet last year. And then um, the year before that, we had won 16 of our last 18 mm. and uh, was on a, was, was hot as I don't know what. And on our way to the tournament, we had to turn around because of, of the COVID situation. So, you know that that knocked us out of a potential championship. I thought, and then last year it was just a a fiasco. You know, you never could get control of the COVID situation. You know, with with you know uh, protocols, and you know you got to be in for 14 days here. You never had your whole team. It was like coaching AAU almost. Uh, you never could practice. 
And uh, all you was trying to do is really stay healthy. Right. Uh, for the most part. And uh, it was it was bigger than basketball and how people can judge uh, coaches and success during COVID is, is beyond me when everybody's really going through a situation with we, we, the unknown, you know, where basketball was put on the right. back burner. Right. Uh, um, and you want to put emphasis on athletics when it was a life and death situation. So, right. you know, last year was kind of a, a wash. And then this year, I was just so excited because most of my success as a coach starts in the summertime or off season. And I didn't yeah. have that the year before. Yeah. And I had it this year with my whole team. And as you can see right now, um, you know, the success that we're having early is because of, you know, being able to, to, to work out and do some of those things and, 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 and really reestablish your culture uh, in the summertime. And it's kind of paying off now. Coach, I read, uh, Obviously, you have six wins, two wins in a row, if I'm not mistaken, against uh, in-state team. And then you got a big uh, mid-major win as well. But I think I read something. American Conference, you checked off with a win. Ohio Valley, you checked off with a win. Uh, Southland Conference, Mid-American. So you're kind of checking off the list of different conferences. What does that mean kind of to the program in a sense to be able to say we've beaten some of these teams in these other leagues that people give more credit to than they give maybe the swag? would be I'm not a swag guy. I'm a basketball coach, and, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I don't that. look at it as a swag situation. I don't look at my team and my program as a swag. I think that's – I think saying that across the board with all teams uh, is belittling, you know, who we are as college basketball teams. We're a college basketball team. Every team in the swag is a college basketball team. So, you know, they don't say – You know, say, for instance, uh, Dayton, you know, you don't say a Atlantic 10 team, you say Dayton. You know, when you mention, you know, Kent State, you know, you don't say what well, conference then you say Kent State. Well, we got to get to the point now where just because we're an HBCU, stop saying it's a SWAC school or things like that. We're a college basketball team. And, and as you can see, we can be just as good as any major team in the country. And that's where we are right now, and that's where we where we're trying to stay from on a consistent basis. Coach, I know you guys got the opportunity to go play at Kentucky earlier this month, and you know it was you know branded like the Unity Series, and there were some some cool moments as a part of that. What did that game you know mean for you for your program, uh, and, and what it says kind of about you know HBCU basketball generally? There have been a lot more of these kind of challenges and events and opportunities for you guys to be on the map and, and get opportunities to be, get, get that extra exposure. What, what did that game mean, mean for you guys? I'll tell you what, the, the experience was great. And I liked it because it took all the emphasis off of me playing, being a former Kentucky basketball player. I mean, it was so educational going to the underground railroad museum, um, learning about the underground, underground railroad experience and what really happened. It peeled everybody's cap back because when you mentioned the Underground Railroad, the first person you mentioned is Harriet Tubman. And she was just a, a piece in the movement. You know, you find out who really ran it, you know, and and also it, it brought things back full circle. Because I always tell my guys, life is bigger than basketball. And, you know, every, everybody starts somewhere. And it gave us an opportunity to see that we all can get along. And when we get along and we help each other, great things happen. And that's what that trip was all about, unity. 
you know, helping one another. You know, it ain't just. There were still some good white people that helped black folks get to freedom. And, you know, everybody needs somebody. And, and when it all comes together, you know, it, it's a beautiful thing. And, and, and they've been doing it since the beginning of time. And it was just brought to the forefront. And I look at Cal, what he's doing in these other situations. They're it's doing is it, it's, it's showcasing uh, what HBCUs are all about when it was never that that way. And uh, and I was giving out, you know, HBCUs opportunity to be more confident in being normal when you're going to play uh, a, a game, whether it's football, basketball, whatever. The only bad thing is the travel. You know, it's always got to be on somebody else's court instead of, you know, being on, on, their, on our court. And that's where things have got to start changing a little bit more is we need some of these games to, to come back to us. And it's starting to because next year, I think we're going to Arizona and then Arizona's coming back to us. So uh, it's starting to happen a little bit. And then now you'll see, you know, the parity. You know, anybody, you know, home court advantage is home court advantage. You know, if Kentucky goes and plays Alabama at Alabama, Kentucky's going to have a hard time getting out of there. But if Alabama goes to Kentucky, Alabama's going to have a hard time getting out of there. So say, for instance, if Kent State, it's hard to win at Kent State, but it would be hard to come to Southern and win at Southern if you're Kent State or whoever. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, a road game is a road game. And because we have to play so many road games before our conference starts, that's why our record is so bad. I mean, or it's, it's pretty much under 500 because the travel and because we got to make so much money and, you know, you're trying to get the best money for your buck. So sometimes you got to go way out to the West Coast mm -hmm. and take a hard trip, wake up at three in the morning, meet at four, go catch a flight at six or seven. Take, drive, fly two hours, have a layover for four hours, and then get there that night, late at night, 10, 11, 12, 1 o'clock at night, then you got to play a game the next day. Right. Nobody, Nobody's going to be ready and have success doing that. Right. And that that's the story that people don't understand. It's bigger than just us showing up at the game and what you see. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Like, for instance, for, for, real quick, we beat Kent State, and I'm going to tell you why that game was such a major feat. We woke up at three o'clock in the morning, had to meet at Southern's campus at four. Okay, we had to drive an hour to New Orleans to catch a seven o'clock flight. So we get to New Orleans at five, all right? The flight is delayed because of fog. So because we have such a large party, you just can't get on the next flight. Mm. We couldn't catch a flight until 1.30. So we're sitting in New Orleans airport until 1.30. We've been up all night now. Okay, so you get on the flight at 1.30, all right? You fly an hour and a half to, to Dallas. In Dallas airport for four hours. Mm. Okay. Get to get, fly from Dallas, okay, to Cleveland. Get off the bus, get off the plane. Got to get your luggage. Got to get on the bus, drive an hour, okay, to Kent. We didn't get to Kent, to our hotel until 12 o'clock. We still had to eat. So by the time we ate, it's one o'clock. You're not getting into your bedroom to one thirty-two. You know, winding down. Okay. Now we got to wake back up the next morning and have an early game at five thirty. 
So you wonder why we were down 20-some points in the first half. We were zombies. <laughs> we were zombies. And all of a sudden, you know, I knew it. And I was like, hey, I went in there and, and I was getting, you know, doing whatever I could to motivate my team to not buy into what just went down from a travel standpoint. Right. I went in and just said, forget it. I'm not coaching you guys. I walked out. They got together, came back, and the second half was magnificent. You know what I mean? We're down 17 with seven minutes to go or something like that, come back and win at the, you know what I'm saying, at the buzzer. I mean, that's that's a feat. That's one of the – I've been doing this a long time, and, that's, and I've won championships going to the NC2A and things like that. This is probably one of the biggest wins just from a circumstance standpoint mm. in my career, mm. just, um, just with that, you know. So that's what people don't understand about what goes on with us because we have to raise this money and our travel is not great. We don't get to leave this day of the game or, or fly private jets and things like that to get in and get out. We're flying commercial. And with 20 people, it's hard to just have, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, direct flights. And you're going to have layovers. You're going to have things like that, you know, right. so – you eating them, you eating fast, you know, you give them $10 or something, they're eating, you know, not great in the hotel. You know, you got to make sure they're drinking uh, water, fluids, because you're dehydrated and jet lag, being in the airport, you know, on planes. You know, people don't consider that, and they don't know exactly what goes on. And it's kind of tough. And we, we have it worse than major schools. You put a Kentucky or any of these high, Power 5 schools in our situation from just a travel standpoint, and I guarantee you, the results won't be the same as they are with them right now. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Kevin Kevin wrote a good, uh, a really good article. So I let him ask the next one. On uh, he did a kind of deep dive on <clears throat> Coppin State and kind of their schedule this year, early in the year. He works for Sports Illustrated. Wrote a really good article. So he's gotten his really up close look at uh, HBCU life. So he's got a good perspective. So I'll let him kind of go with the next one. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that, that kind of stood out when I was I was able to follow him around a little bit and then obviously kind of checking with them throughout the process was like, you know, they you know, they've got head coach they've got a head coach doing laundry after a game. Like they lost the game to Little Chicago opening night and post game, Juan Dixon's like collecting laundry and doing laundry so they could play the next day. Uh, and I think that's one of the other things that people forget about, you know, at 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 HBCUs because of the financial side is like the amount of extra work that is put on, you know, small coaching staffs. Can you speak to some of the stuff that, you know, your staff does that, you know, maybe, you know, like at Alabama or Kentucky, their staff wouldn't have to even think about just to, you know, keep your program, you know, moving on a day-to-day basis? Oh, man. I mean, we – one thing about being down at this level, you, you learn how to do everything, you know, from, like I said, washing clothes to – um going out, getting food, making sure that the guys are eating, you know, um, being up all night, doing laundry, being up all night, doing scout. You don't have that type of staff to where you got, you know, six to eight guys, ten guys that are not even real coaches that are doing the little things that keeps a program going. So you got your hands, you know, you got to do everything. And it's like being being single and – and you gotta wash your dishes. You gotta, you got, you, you know, you gotta cook. You gotta clean. You gotta do everything. So, it's 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 um, it's challenging. 
you know, but it's uh, it, it's just the way it is from a financial standpoint. And you just got to keep, you know, uh, picking up your bootstraps and, and, and keep it going. But it's a humming experience and everybody can't do it. I remember when I was at Mississippi Valley, I never had a home game before conference. I would have to play 12 straight home games. And the year we won 17 straight and went to the NCAA tournament, I was 1-12 in mm. and came back and won 17 straight. And I'm talking about we had nothing. And I had to raise just that year in guaranteed games almost a million dollars, like $987,000. Wow. In guaranteed games. Okay. Mm. And um, that's tough. I don't care how good your team is. You know, losing is losing. I don't care if you lose in North Carolina every night. Losing is losing. Right. And it wears on you. And even as a coach, if you're competitive, you're always going back. I don't care if you're playing the national champions. You're always watching that film saying, what, what could you have done better to make the circumstances, to make the outcome a little bit better? So you're beating yourself up with that, especially if you're a competitor. Right. You know, instead of going to those games, say we're gonna lose anyway. I don't know how that's. I don't know how you do that. Yeah, you're not wired like that, coach. <laughs> so, so that's what you know. It, it, it. I had to take a step back and become realistic. But I kept knocking that door down, knocking that door down, and being smart from a scheduling standpoint, and say, Hey, how can I? How can I go from Mississippi Valley not winning any pre-conference games? Then I went to Moorhead. And more is not that much better to oversee school, but I was winning. I was winning a lot of those pre-conference games. And I was like, wow, what's, what's so different? It's the mentality, you know what I mean? And also, you know, going in, well, we're just doing this for money. You know what I mean? So we're going to go in and get our brains beat out, so-and-so, so-and-so. Well, I, like you said, B, I'm not built like that. So it's very frustrating. The first three months when I was in the SWAT, when I was at Mississippi Valley was was grueling for me. You know, getting your head bashed in because you're going to North Carolina, then you got to fly out to Gonzaga and play Gonzaga on a bad trip, and then drive over to Washington State, and then come back down to UCLA. You know, and these teams are sitting there resting, sleeping in their beds, and we're just, you know, we're like gypsies, and not only is our bodies weary, our minds are weary too. Right. And as a coach, if you're tired, what do you think your players feel? Mm. You know, I got I got one to jump on that coach. It's like, obviously, you had a ton of success at Mississippi Valley. It's another HBCU. You go to Moorhead. Now you're a Southern. What did the experience at Mississippi Valley? How does that help you now as you're putting Southern in a position where they're competing to go to the championship and go to the tournament and go dancing? What is what did you draw from that time? It helps you now with this program. Well, you when you're working with hardly nothing, you have you have to be creative. And I became a really good coach at Mississippi Valley State University. Right. Really good coach. I mean, there's there's no experience I could have had any other in any other situation that that I didn't I couldn't I couldn't have gotten. I mean, that I didn't get at Mississippi Valley. I had to do everything. You're talking about doing everything. Everything. No budget at all. And uh, you know, it's a school where they don't even give their kids Pell Grant. Mm, wow. You know, so you got to be creative from a recruiting standpoint. You got to go around the whole school and sell your your vision of from an excitement standpoint. You got to do all these things. And whenever you go to a school, and you can tell when a school really loves athletics and supports athletics, 
go around to the other departments and see if there are any posters or anything like that of athletics. Mm. You know, a picture here, you know, on the wall or so on and so on. If there ain't none, that school ain't supporting athletics. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Right. That that that's your telltale right there. All you gotta do is go to the to to the business department, to the administrative offices. If ain't no pictures of athletics, you know what I'm saying, on those walls and things like that. Athletics is not a they they want it to be, but it's really not. You know what right. I mean? Right. That means that the support's not there because the, you know it's it's not ingrained. And fortunate for me, I played at the most historical place, college basketball program in all America. And I got the chance to take my guys there and I showed them everywhere we went, whether it was a restaurant, whatever, you see Kentucky basketball. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, coach, they support. Yeah, this is like a cult. This state is paralyzed <laughs> where Kentucky basketball is playing. And they saw the support. How can you not be successful? It's whoever coaches at Kentucky still going to have, have an opportunity to win the championship. That's just the, the way of life. Mm -hmm. Because everybody is in cahoots to win a national championship. North Carolina, Duke. You know what I mean? Though they may drop a little bit, but at the same time, the support you gonna have everything you need to be successful. Mm -hmm. And it's and it's just not the coach. You know, it's not about me. It's about we. And when you have major support, that's when you get it. Right. You doing this thing by yourself, and nobody can help you. You know, they're doing their own thing. It makes it that much harder. And that's what I had to do. And then by the time I left, the support was there. You know, but. I had gone on and, and put myself in a position to get another get another job. But um, this situation is different. It's fun, but everybody can't do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And some of the strongest coaches in America are down at this level. Because everybody, a lot of coaches wouldn't have the patience to deal with some of the things that you have to deal with at this level. Mm. You know what I mean? Because if you're used to having and having and having, you come down here. You know, you 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 get consumed with just complaining about what you don't have more mm -hmm. so than what you do have to be successful. You know what I'm saying in the rams of your situation. Yeah, I let Kevin get one more. And coach, I got a funny question to ask you. I always ask, "What's a funny story?" Uh, before you leave, so that's the next one. But Kevin's got this one. Yeah, uh, you know, I think you you mentioned it. You know, with the challenge of you know you get you go out there and and the mindset is like you're gonna get get beat down for a couple months. And obviously you guys have had the opportunity to get, get some wins under your belt, be it, you know, 500 going into your last non-conference game, you know, win some, some games, you know, that on paper, no one would expect you to win. What is there a mentality shift when it gets to conference play? Like, okay, here, you know, here's now our opportunity to go make some noise, get into the NCAA tournament, all this, or is it, look, we're out there to compete. We're out there to win. Cause like you said, you know, you, that that's how you're wired. Like right? it's just it's winner it's winner go home in every every game. Like how do you how do you approach the mentality change the conference play coming up? Well, you 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 what you do is when you are playing a juggernaut, you know, a lot of times, uh, you 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 start uh, um, statistically gauging, and what I mean by that is, you know, you may lose the game, but okay, I want to see, I, I, I you know, I want to see how many times I can score out of a timeout. Okay, I want to see, you know, um, the rebound is a discrepancy. I want to, you know, I want to, I want to be competitive rebounder-wise. I want to be competitive with uh, assist-to-turnover ratio. I want to be competitive, see how many times we can turn them over. 
I want to see how many times what I'm running doesn't work against these guys. You know what I mean? That type of deal. Because nine times out of ten, you come into the league, the best team may only have three wins before conference starts. As you can see right now, besides us having six, the next, the, the mo the next bet most is somebody with three wins. So you got to change your whole deal. It's almost like wait till we get to SWAC. Well, that's not me. You know, uh, I want to continue to build my program to where, you know, we're competitive and get, you know, have an opportunity to win every, every night. And scheduling is, is a part of it. And, uh, you know, you want to be strategic and, and look and see who, when you are scheduling these high major teams for, for guaranteed money, you got to look at their roster and how many guys they got coming back, so on and so forth. So it's more into it than just scheduling a game just for guaranteed money. But it's, 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 I've never been that way. You know what I mean? Like I told you before, the first three months of the season, I'm, I'm cuckoo because I am getting beat. And there's nothing that I can do about it. You know what I mean? And uh, when, when you're watching tape, you're like, man, if he'd have just stepped over here, if he'd have done this, you know, you know how it go, B. Yep. And, and I'm, I'm very critical of, 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 of what I do. And uh, I'm very organized. And, and, and uh, when you stay the course, sooner or later, that program is going to come up to where you're competitive every night, no matter who you're playing and what league, you know, and uh, that's where we are right now. And we want to stay this way. But I got some great. I was able to really recruit. Well, not me, just, not just me, but my staff and I were able to recruit through the transfer portal. Some guys that fit mm -hmm. that came from other high mid major schools that did play and those where they came from, they won. So you want to get guys that already have that winning pedigree, not just a high major guy and he didn't play or come from a losing program where he's not going to help you because mentally he still doesn't understand a winning culture. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to get guys that come from winning cultures. I learned that from George Carl when I was a rookie. You know, he said, the reason why I like you is because you come from a winning culture. You know, I want to be around winners. And that's, that's how I recruit. You know, uh, you can lead, lead be a, you can average 36 points, 30 some points in high school, and your team was just okay. Well, you used to shooting all the balls. Yep. And you're never going to buy into what we're trying to do because you're not getting enough shots, not getting enough minutes, so on and so forth. And that's why there's so many people transferring right now. Right. You know, instead, because we live in a microwave society and everybody wants it now. Every kid in America, even when you recruit them, their handlers or the people who told you about them, the first thing they say is, and B, you from Texas, this is the main, this is the main phrase, he's a pro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay, he's a pro. Is he a a $1,000 a, 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 a month pro over <laughs> in BFE, or is he an NBA pro? Which one? Because if he's an NBA pro, you ain't calling me, you calling somebody else, you know what right, I'm saying? Right, so right. that's where you got to have your own niche of who you are and who you want to coach and what fits. Because for me, everybody can't play for me because I'm a, I have, I'm a high major guy. So if you don't feel that you, you need to work that hard, or don't want to work that hard, or don't have the vision for yourself as I do, then I'm the wrong guy to, to, to coach you. Right. Because my expectations are so high and I'm not settling. So I'm going to drive you and I'm going to win. So, you know what I'm saying? That's where you have to be strategic and smart when you're recruiting because if you're just taking a kid and you don't know him, 
And it's like a flip, flip of a coin. You don't know if he's going to be well co- be, be able to be coached. You don't know what type of attitude does he have. You right. know, so now, especially with this transfer portal, you really have to do your homework and ask the major questions to those schools that the teams leave. Tell me the truth. Just be honest with me. Why is he leaving? Why are you giving him the okay to leave? Evidently, you didn't want it for some odd reason. Tell me why. Now, because he didn't work out with you, that doesn't mean he may not work out for me. But at least give me everything, because I'm gonna do it. For, I'm gonna do it to you. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna let you know exactly why the kid's leaving. I may not want him to leave, or if I did want him to leave, this is why I wanted him to leave. So, it's more strategic now in recruiting, and that's why I learned from Mississippi Valley. You got to get the right piece because everybody couldn't handle Mississippi Valley. Right. You're in the middle of nowhere. You know. You ain't got no money. You ain't got nothing. So can who can I get that can help me win championships? That can that can buy, that that can stand this type of culture and this right. type of environment. So so I got I got one for you to end. So so funny stories. Any time in your career, either playing, coaching, that you can share with us that's this era appropriate. What whatever you got for us. I was a player, okay, and it was Coach Patino's first year at Kentucky, my sophomore year. And we were undefeated at home, but winless on the road. Mm. And we're playing Mississippi State, and it's a tight ball game. And we're down three. And, you know, I was known as a penetrator and kick and all that type of deal. And Coach Patino calls a timeout, and the, the play was for me to come off a high ball screen, penetrate in, draw somebody and kick to one of the guys, John Pelfrey, whoever. Richie Farmer, Travis Ford, whoever, 4-3. Right. Well, for the first time in my life, I lost my mind. <laughs> I ran this guy off the screen, ball screen, and the and, and I got to the in the lane and it like parted like the Red Sea. I went in there and I'm like, man, I put it in and I'm <laughs> doing this. And my teammate Reggie Hansen looked at me and said, Woody, we needed a three. And I looked, I'm like, oh man. And Coach Patino, I don't know how he got the ball. <laughs> he was looking at me as we were going off the court like, I ought to throw this ball. You know what I'm saying? You trying to be a hero, so-and-so, so-and-so, and you shoot a two-pointer instead of a three, you idiot. You know what I'm <laughs> so, that, so that's my 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 uh, my uh, my crazy story about me just losing my mind and, 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 and uh, a, a very – funny moment and trust me my teammates to this day when we get together they never let me live that down <laughs> i love it i love it too i love it Coach, we appreciate you taking the time man congratulations on the success so far we know you're not done you got more to do and conference play will be great and i hope you guys have a great holiday season and stay healthy and uh excited to see what you guys continue to build man you've done a great job with the program in general you are a great basketball coach so we appreciate you coming on and uh obviously we Acknowledge you guys as the team of the week, so keep up the great work. Appreciate it, man. No doubt about it, man. Kev, good meeting you, man. And B, you know you all. You're like my little brother, man. No doubt. No doubt. Good luck the rest of the way, Coach. Thanks, man. Take care. All right. We let Kevin Sweeney always shut us down. Thanks, Coach Woods, for coming on. And uh, we'll let Kevin give his final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, obviously they have you know, an opportunity, I think, to compete for, for a championship in SWAC. You know, really talented group. You know, tough, I think like he alluded to. So the guys they have, they brought in were, were winners, you know, yep. they brought in the Whitley kid from Murray state. You know, he's been, you know, solid for them shooting the ball. 
that's a winning program right there. They're bringing PJ Bird. He was at VCU and Colorado State. Those are two programs we know how to win. So I think you know, that obviously, you know, you 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 hear you hear him say that, and then you look, and the proof is in the pudding right there. And that's why they've been as successful as they have. It's really an insightful guy. I think you know, hopefully, if you watch this one, you learn something about how college basketball really operates. And right. you know, it's even more impressive what they did uh, against Kent, knowing. Uh, knowing what they went through travel-wise the day before, because I, I was delayed for an hour in, in O'Hare on Sunday, and I was, like, pretty annoyed. I was pretty bored. So uh, definite shouts to them for spending, like, eight hours just in airports because they had, like, a four-hour delay and then a four-hour uh, four layover. So they spent, like, eight hours in airports. Yeah, full day. They left a, They left at 3, and he basically said they went to sleep at more or less got to the room at 132. 24-hour day. It's a 24-hour day. So just travel. Yeah, nothing like game. college basketball when you have to travel and you get stuck in the airport. Uh, it's one of the worst. And and if you have a game at that point the next day, it's even worse. So, uh, yeah, shout-out to uh, the HBCU grind is a different grind. And like you said, you're working to make money for the institution, and that's how you fundraise because you just don't have the same dollars. So when you are in that position where you're trying to fundraise and – traveling and playing whoever will pay you the most you can get uh sometimes it does mean you have to go from one coast to the next literally coast to coast uh, like this show is about so uh yeah it's great to see coach Woods. he's had a ton of success obviously as a player playing at kentucky and then uh mississippi valley one of the harder jobs in division one period and to take them to the tournament it says a lot about his ability to lead so uh, i know moorhead he was doing great things as well and now he's at southern building that up so looking forward to seeing more and uh, we'll have a couple more guests this week. And after that, let everybody hang out for the holiday. So, Sweeney, in the meantime, till I see you again, deuces. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the All Access Network. Be sure to follow, share, and stay connected with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe and hit that notification bell on our YouTube channel. And don't forget, to write your story, leave your mark, and create your legacy.